welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Samantha Marcus, and I want to wish you a National Relaxation Day. Go to your local theater with reclining seats, relax, and watch these cool films. The Nut Job 2, The Glass Castle, My Little Pony, Equestria Girls, Magical Movie Night, and School Life. Right now, we're going to be talking about The Nut Job 2 with Kamai, who is from Atlanta and is 12. Hi, Kamai. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Welcome. So, from my understanding, I did a little research on the film, and it's about Surly and his friends who live in Oakston City, and the mayor wants to build an amusement park, right? Yes. Um, what did you think about the film, and if I left anything out in my description, if you want to add to that? Um, I thought it was a little bit better than the first one that came out in 2014, because it had a little bit more action to it, I would say, and I guess... It was kind of more entertaining. What kind of action specifically? I haven't actually seen the first one. I mean, would you say that the first one or the second one would, would have been better? Um, I definitely recommend the second one because the first one kind of put me to sleep. But the second one, you saw all the animals fighting, working together, and uh, it was pretty good. Wow, that's great to hear. So you said that there were a lot of animals. Would you say you would have a favorite character? Um, I think my favorite characters are the squirrels because they're actually the main characters in this and they take control of the whole situa- situation and they uh, uh, make all the animals come together and help defeat the bad guy in this movie. So you said that there was a lot of action and they're trying to defeat the bad guy. What would you say would be, was there like an action scene? Was there any scene that you really enjoyed? Um, I really enjoyed the scenes towards the end where they were uh, uh, versing their villain. And basically, they went in the amusement park and they started tearing it all apart. And people ran and screamed. And I think that was my favorite part of the movie, really. Yeah, that sounds like really fun. Whenever there's that chaotic scene, that's always something to look forward to. What would you say, I mean, the nut job too, I know you said you saw the first one. Were you intending on seeing the second one anyway? Um, well, at first I was kind of surprised they made a second one. I thought the first one was just going to be the only one they made. But when I found out they were making a second one, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this. Seems pretty good. And, yeah, I was pretty excited. How would you say that the first one, why wasn't it as good in your opinion? Um, the first one wasn't as good because it, was, it wasn't as entertaining. It, it was, there wasn't as many action scenes. It... There wasn't really drama or anything. It was just like any other animal talking movie. They just worked together and save a part. That's pretty much all they did in the first one. Second one, they added on to that, which I really liked. Yeah, that's always good. I, I totally agree with you. What would you say? I know you said you were going to see the second one. What were your. I, after seeing the first one and you said it wasn't as good as you thought, what would you say? Were your expectations toward the second one? Did you think it was going to be better, or did you think it was just going to be like the first one? When I first heard of it, I thought it was going to be like, eh, whatever. But then I saw the trailer, and I got really excited. I was like, oh, wow, this is what I thought it was going to be. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I I think that sometimes some movies, this the second or third one is better than the first one. So I'm glad that the second one reached your expectations. So was there any part of the film that you thought you could relate to? Not really, but I, I couldn't relate to any of it. But I guess maybe with the teamwork part, maybe. But I don't know for sure. What part about teamwork specifically? Are you talking, is that a certain theme that was in the movie? The part of uh, teamwork, I mean, specifically is like, like everything that's really good happens towards the end. So when, like, uh, one of the character's friends dies, and, you know, it makes it seem a little bit more intense or whatever, comes back to life, though, and it makes it seem all kiddish again. And I really enjoyed that and how they came together after his death. Yeah, that sounds like a great part in the movie. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about some fabulous films like The Nut Job 2, The Glass Castle, My Little Pony, Equestria Girls, Magical Movie Night, and School Life. Right now we're talking to Kamai about The Nut Job 2. So you were just talking about how there were some intense scenes in the film about one of the animal's friends' deaths. And that sounds, sounds a little sad in my opinion. Were there any other scenes or any moments in the film that made you feel upset? Maybe there was actually one more where one of the dogs, he like loved another dog, but she kind of kind of stabbed him in the back. But eventually uh, she came back for him and realized that uh, that she was wrong and that maybe she should try being nice to him. Oh, yeah, definitely that. That sounds like an interesting scene, but I'm glad that she figured out that she should try being nice. Now, since there's been the Nut Job 1 and the Nut Job 2, and you said the Nut Job 1 was okay, the second one was better, do you think that there deserves to be a third one? Um, I don't feel like a third one would really be right. I feel like the second one kind of ended it all there. So, I think they should just end it here, because even though I enjoyed the movie, a third one wouldn't be that well. Is there anything you can say about the film? Because you said that the ending was really good, but I don't want you to give it away. Is there any cer- certain part of the film that, you know, was really, really entertaining that would be interesting to us but wouldn't give it away? Um, I liked how in the beginning of the movie that they it kind of started off like a little bit mixed from the first one because uh, the first one, Surly... Uh, the main character, he, uh, everyone decided to love him in the end of it, and now he's their leader, and that's how the second one starts off, and I really like that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That that sounds something that was really enjoyable about the film. So you talked about how the ending was good. Would you say that the ending? I know you said that there shouldn't be a third one, but do you wish that the ending was a? Is there any way that you would? Not change it, but, you know, add anything to it without giving it away, of course. If I had to add something to it, I wish maybe they could have made it just a little bit longer to uh, understand it just a little bit more. I liked it, though, even even though it could have just been a little bit longer. Okay, yeah, that's definitely understandable. Sometimes the ending should be longer, and, you know, when those movies end and you want more of them, so... I definitely agree with you. So what would you say, since I haven't seen either of them, what would you say to me to try and get me to see the film? Like, why should I go and see it? 
Um, I would tell you that you should definitely watch it because, uh, cause it's like a movie for really, <clears throat> really all ages because it makes everybody laugh once in a while, and y- you kind of feel good about it. Okay, that sounds, I definitely like a good movie that makes me laugh, so I'll definitely check it out. So, a lot of these movies nowadays, they have a certain moral or message to them. What would you say is the theme or the message of the film, or if there are more than just one? Uh, I think definitely teamwork, because if there is no teamwork in this whole entire movie, then no, nothing would be good, and everybody would be disappointed of how the movie ended. So without the teamwork, then it wouldn't have been good. So I think the teamwork's the main thing here. Yeah, that's definitely important. That's something that's very, very useful to everybody. And my last question to you, Kamai, is what would you say is the age and the star rating for this film? It's not exactly for young toddlers because it wouldn't really keep them entertained. But maybe like uh, uh, elementary schoolers or like 10-year-olds and up. Okay, that's great. Well, thank you so much for talking about the film The Nut Job 2. You're welcome. So if you want to check out this film, it's going to be in theaters August 11, 2017, and you heard it from Kamai, you should definitely check it out because it's really funny and better than the first one. So let's take a quick break. I'm Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Molong Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just talking about the brand new Nutjob film, and now we're going to be talking about another brand new film, The Glass Castle, which is now playing. We're going to be speaking to Arjun, who is 16 and from Nashville, about it. So, Arjun, what did you think about The Glass Castle? So I think I thought it was um, an entertaining, like bio biographical movie, which wasn't like too boring. I thought it had a really interesting narrative, which focused on flashbacks, but also make intermingled it with the present day in the film, which I thought was really nice. And of course, the best part of the movie was the acting. The acting was top notch. 
Well, that was one of my main concerns because this is a very drama-oriented film, and when you have a lot of drama, you need good acting. So can you talk about the acting a little bit? Some stars we have is Brie Larson, who plays Jeanette. We have Woody uh, Harrelson, who plays Rex. We have Naomi Watts, who plays Rosemary, and a whole bunch of other people. So what did you think of the cast performance specifically? So I thought they all did really well. Brie Larson is really great in her role. Like, she's proven in other movies she's, like, solidified as herself as a really great actor in the industry right now. And this movie is proof of it. She she really knows how to get into character and, like, present the character situation about how she really cares for her father. Even though he lives, like, this, like, life where he's homeless and he moves around all the time and he's and he's an alcoholic and acts crazy, basically. She really wants to help him because she really loves him for his sense of adventure. And I think Woody Harrelson is easily the standout of this movie. Not that everyone else was not good in their roles. Everyone was great in the movie. They were top-notch. Woody Harrelson just really rocked this role out of the park. He really presented the, the alcoholism. His character felt really well. And I think the scenes between him and Jeanette were really touching and beautifully presented. And Naomi Watts as Rose, who is the mother of the whole family, she did a great job too. She she also has that sense of adventure, and she also well acts the the scenes where like she's painting and trying to tell her kids like what to do and all. Well, that sounds fantastic. Another question that's kind of connected to the acting is the casting and the makeup. I see, like you said, they do have flashbacks, so they do have to age a lot of characters. What did you think of the aging? Did it look realistic? Did it look normal? Or did it look a little fake? I think it looked really realistic, honestly. Like, you could tell, like, they put some makeup for the present-day scenes to make them look older and all. And I think they really look like they've aged, basically. Now, for the case of the kids, I mean, they obviously have, like, like child actors to portray them when they were younger and then they have an adult version of the character portrayed by an actor but in the case of Woody Harrelson and Naomi Watts they're the same character and I think they really portrayed the aging well well that's good to hear what did you think of the story because based off what I saw from the trailers it's just based off a memoir which is not the most detailed thing so what did you think of the story and its design how it flowed what did you think all right, so that that was my biggest concern when I went in this movie, and I could say I was impressed. I really like it when, like, shows and movies do this sort of juxtaposition thing where they'll show a present-day thing, and then they'll relate it back to something that happened in the past day. I just really think it's, like, a unique effect they show in, in TV and movies nowadays, and this movie does it really well. However, my problem with the movie is that there are times where the pacing just goes off the rails. Like, it is extremely slow at times. And sometimes it didn't feel like I was watching a two-hour, seven-minute movie. It felt like more like two hours, 40 minutes sometimes. There's also a scene in, the, in this bar. It's, an ex, it's a long scene, and I feel like it shouldn't have been in the movie. It just felt out of place. I see. That is a little bit of a problem with a lot of dramatic-oriented films. There's just these kind of fillers in between the drama that you yeah. really don't know what to do. I do want to ask, what did you think of the conflict? Because I looked at the trailers, I read the story... I can't really see what the actual conflict of the story is. All right. So the conflict is kind of like, it's more internal. It's obviously not external. But, of course, you got the conflict of how Woody Harrelson's character has alcoholism. And, he's, and he wants to, like, come out of it. But, as you know, we've seen in alcoholics, it's really hard for him to come out of their, like, obsession with alcohol. And 
he presented it really well. Like when he's trying to withdraw from the alcohol, you can tell this character really owned this role. Like you could tell he was really trying to portray the pain the character faced. And of course, there's also the problems faced where like they have to move everywhere because they're basically homeless and they move to like random places out of nowhere. And you can tell like the family is just like fed up with all of this. So I thought the conflicts were very well presented. Well, that's very good to hear. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions of the Voice America Kids Network. And right now we're talking about the film The Glass Castle with Arjun, who is from Nashville and 16. We are talking about the conflict specifically and also Woody Harrelson's performance, who plays Rex. And he did a fantastic job of playing, uh, being addicted to alcohol. So my next question is, what would be your favorite scene in the film? Okay, so my favorite scene in the film is the scene where um, Rex has basically been injured and he needs stitches and all. And while she's stitching him, they're having this moment, basically. And he 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 really likes Jeanette because he thinks she's brave and she does all sorts of brave stuff. Like when she was young, she got burned and she 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 took that like a like a like a brave person would. Basically, she didn't complain about it or cry or anything like that. And then she's here stitching up his wound and there's this sweet touching moment where he says like, I'll, I'll promise anything for you. Like whatever you want me to do. And she asked him to stop his alcoholism. And I thought the scene between the two was just really touching and beautiful. And the, it was just like the two actors owned the moment. Well, that sounds just like a beautiful scene. And Jeanette is played by three actresses throughout the film, Brie Larson, Ella Anderson, and uh, Chandler head. And you know, I really like it when characters can really connect I mean, the actors can really connect to the characters and their flaws. I just think it's so beautiful when that happens. So something that I find very important in dramatic films is cinematography. So how is the cinematography in this one? Cinematography is absolutely great. Um, I really like how there's these wide takes of just basically like the areas they go to. Because as you can tell, they travel to like every single place like to get a home basically. And the camera just captures like all of the road trips beautifully. And of course, like the way the, the flashbacks sort of switch to like the present day and they switch from the present day to the flashbacks, that's well filmed too. So I think the cinematography here is top notch too. Well, that is good to hear. And this film is not set in the current day, right? It's set sometime in the past. Yeah, I think so. I know like the flashbacks are set like in the past, but I'm not sure when the present day is set in that the movie didn't really explain that. So what did you think about the costumes? Because what I saw from the film looks like there's a lot of beautiful costumes. So the costumes are really great. It really captured basically how her character in the present day is now like accustomed to a modern lifestyle. She wears modern clothes like everyone else. But back then, like since they were poor, they could only wear like basically the basic clothes you can afford. And I think the family really captured that well. And the aspect of how, like, the clothing switches from when Jeanette, Jeanette grows older, I, I just thought that was a really well-done element. That's very good to hear. Now, how many stars would you give this film and why? So, I would give it a four out of five stars, just because of when I mentioned back when you asked me about the story, I mentioned the pacing problems and then that unnecessary scene in the bar. I don't know what was going on there, but I really think this is a... This is a must-watch movie for anyone who's really into acting and and a story which is well-presented, like with the juxtaposition between the flashbacks and the present day. You know, I really do like it when they do flashbacks so well that's almost like two stories playing together 
kind of bouncing off each other. I like when that happens. And how and what age range would you give this? Because it does seem like a rather mature film. I I think I would give it a ten to eighteen, just because there's not really any intense like violence of short of sorts, and there's not really that much bad language. But there's some mature themes here of how the family is like extremely dysfunctional, and there's lots of drinking in the movie because the one of the main characters has a drinking problem. So yeah, that that's probably why I'd give it a ten to eighteen, just because it's not really intense in any way but it has mature themes well it definitely seems like a powerful and beautiful film Arjun thank you so much for talking to me about The Glass Castle welcome for our viewers if you like to check it out like I said now it's available so definitely check it out let's take a break I'm Jerry Ors and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions this week's show is sponsored by Molong Season 1 Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the latest films, such as The Glass Castle, and next we'll be talking with Michelle, who's from Miami and is 19, about My Little Pony Equestria Girls, Magical Movie Night. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi, thank you so much for having me. No problem. So, you said My Little Pony, and I haven't seen My Little Pony in so long, and I just want to know, since you're 19 and My Little Pony is, I would say, and I think you would agree, probably for a little younger age group, what did you think about it? Well, I actually really liked it. Um, I actually watched it myself. Not going to lie, I'm a really big fan of, like, kids shows. So it really brought me back. I used to love watching Bratz and all that stuff. So being able to watch My Little Pony again was very nostalgic. And I actually really liked this movie night edition that they had. I'm glad that you still enjoy kids shows because I do too. And I think that it's really important for shows that can be applicable to everybody. So... What would you say, were there any, I guess, kind of messages or themes that, you know, we could relate to or even adults could relate to? Oh, definitely. Um, there's a reoccurring, thing of, uh, re- reoccurring theme of friendship, and it's pretty much played throughout the entire, you know, um, 
movie edition of this My Little Pony. But I think it was really nice because regardless, it pretty much showed that regardless of a person's personality or really like the way that they act, they might have an issue behind them that you don't know about. And it really, all it takes is you getting to know them and letting them know that they're here for you. I totally agree with you. Yeah, that sounds like a really great message. So you said that you've seen the other My Little Ponies. And what would you say... As far as the ones you've seen when you were younger, how is it similar or different to the one that you just saw? Well, I think that since here they're actually teenage girls, I think that's a whole step up from My Little Pony. It's definitely different. I mean, they're not little ponies anymore, um, at least for the first two episodes of this movie edition. Um, that's like the biggest difference. And I also feel like it's a lot more relatable now. I feel like maybe when you're little, everything was just, or maybe because I was little and I didn't notice. Um, the storyline wasn't as in-depth as this movie edition. I think that that's great. Yeah, I, I'm glad that there is a difference, but it sounds like it's, I guess, a little better because, like you said, it's a little more relatable. So, since you said it has to do with teenage girls, is there, like, a favorite character that you have? Maybe Rarity, because I kind of resemble to her, like, personality-wise. Like, she can be very anxious and... She's a perfectionist, but she still wants to be on everybody's good side, and sometimes her bad temper gets in the way of that. I don't know. When I was watching her, I was like, wow, that's, that reminds me of me. <laughs> oh, that's what I was just going to ask you. Which one do you think you're most like? Would it be Rarity then? Yeah, Rarity for sure. She's awesome. <laughs> well, that's great. That I think it's really important when we can relate to the characters because that makes the movie even better. So what would you say would be your favorite scene in the film? My favorite of all, because there's three little additions in this um, movie. There's the dance magic, movie magic, and the mirror magic. My favorite had to be the dance magic because I kind of related to it a little bit. So they pretty much find out about a music video competition, and she wants to convince her friends to enter the contest. And she ends up, like, she's walking around the mall trying to find uh, inspiration to do, like, a really cool original music video um, to, you know, make it in the competition. She runs into some, I guess you could say, like, mean girls from high school, and they want to do the competition, too. But she, you know, being so nice, she gave them her idea, and they ended up stealing it. And I just... Like, at the end of the day, afterwards, you know, they all came together as friends and did it together, which I found, like, so important. I was actually hoping for that to happen. I didn't want there to be, like, any, like, mean girl thing, like, oh, and then they run off, like, being angry. But instead, they all became a group, and they all won, which is such a good, like, life lesson, you know? Yeah, I completely agree with you. That sounds like a really, really good movie scene. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today, we're talking about some fantastic films like The Nut Job 2, The Glass Castle, My Little Pony, Equestria Girls, Magical Movie Night, and School Life. Right now, we're talking to Michelle about My Little Pony, Equestria Girls, Magical Movie Night. So Michelle was just talking about how she was really excited in a certain scene because they brought about such an important life lesson, which I definitely agree is very important. So it sounds like you really enjoyed it because, like you said, you enjoy the kids' shows. So what were your expectations before watching the film? Well, given by the movie cover, they were all girls, like actual teenage girls instead of ponies. So I was already like, what? Like, what's going on? This is not the My Little Pony I remember. I didn't have really, like, high expectations for it. I thought it was going to be one of those, 
you know how the kids shows nowadays are much different than um, what we used to watch. And I, I just thought maybe it might have been just like a, you know, a little boring, you know, old storyline stuff that we're used to. But it actually brought about really important um, life issues that as a teenager and as growing up, you'll for sure find yourself in. And I think that's such a good theme that they had recurring because as a kid, like, I would have loved to watch these shows that could have taught me something at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, all those kids shows that, you know, years ago, it, they were just so good, and it's good to see that there are new shows being made that are actually really good as well, too, so I definitely agree with you. Now, you said, you talked about it a little bit, how it was relatable with the themes, but was there any part of the film or even the whole film that you could really relate to? Yeah, I mean, there was a section at the end of, like, Mirror Magic, and it's pretty much this girl, and she's, like, evil and everything, and she's, like, ruining the Equestria girls, like, trying to make their life, like, pretty much a living hell. And one of the girls was, like, are you sure that there's nothing wrong? Like, is there something missing? And then the, the evil one, like, didn't really reply or anything. She's, like, oh, maybe you just need a friend. And the second they said that, she's like, oh, nobody wants to be my friend, not especially not after this, blah, 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 you know. And I don't know, watching that, I it reminded me a lot of what I used to go through because I personally, you know, you know, middle school, high school, like there's so many bullies. And when you really get to know them, there's so much behind the surface that you didn't know, you know. So I think it's so good to see that they didn't put this girl in a bad light all along. At the end of the day, all she needed was a friend. And they gave her that. I think that that's great. I, I totally agree with you. It's really important to understand that there's so much more than what you actually think. So since My Little Pony is very common and there have been a lot of shows and movies, do you think if they made sort of like a sequel to this film, do you think they there should be one? I think so, yeah. I, I, I don't see My Little Pony going away anytime soon. If they do, I'll be like super sad, but... I definitely think they should do a sequel and and just keep it going because they're doing a really great job. Yeah, definitely. I I totally agree with you. So what would you say to somebody who, you know, because My Little Pony, it seems like you're very open-minded to a lot of films, and I know not a lot of people are. Certain people just don't really find, like, like, My Little Pony on the top of their list. So why should they go see it, even if they've never really seen it before? You know, regardless whether you're 10 years old, 5, or even almost 20 years old, um, I think it's something that'll teach you a life lesson or just give you a little bit of nostalgia and makes you feel good. Definitely, as I was watching, they were singing all the songs and going through all of this, you know, co- you know, cause and effect problems of high school. And I felt really good to know that a lot of people go through the same things, even the Equestria Girls. And... I just found it really nice to watch, regardless of age. I definitely recommend everybody to watch this film whenever they get the chance. It sounds, yeah, I definitely, I think the same thing. It really is important for everyone to keep an open mind and to watch a film, even if they're not really that open to it. So you were talking about different ages can see the film. What would you say the age range at the star rating would be for this film? It's definitely a family film, so I would probably recommend it for... Ages six and up, that'll be like a really great age range. That's great. And what would you say the star rating would be? 
I'd give it five out of five stars because it kept me on my toes the whole time. It made me feel like a kid again. And who doesn't want to feel like a kid again? <laughs> well, that's that's great. I really enjoy your enthusiasm about it, especially since you're older and you still really enjoy it. And that's something that we should all we should all be able to relate to it and really enjoy it because there really shouldn't be an age on any kid's show. So thank you so much for talking about My Little Pony. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's take a quick break. I'm Samantha Marcus, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Molong Season 1. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We were just finished talking about the brand new DVD collection, My Little Pony Equestria Girls Magical Movie Night. Now we're going to be talking about School Life, the brand new film. We're going to be speaking with Talia, who is 14 and lives in L.A., so, Talia, can you tell us about School Life and what you thought about it? Um, yes, of course. I thought this was a really great film. You really got to understand what it's like to um, live at a boarding school and kind of, like, experience that. It's pretty different since I go to a public school. And since this was a documentary, and I don't usually watch too many documentaries, I thought it was beautifully made. I thought that... The boarding school in general was just beautiful and how we got to, we also got to see a lot of children evolve over time, which I really love. Now, does it just talk about boarding schools in general or does it talk about some sort of issue of boarding schools or how it's better than normal schools? Like, what is the message of the documentary? Um, so basically, it just follows one boarding school in Ireland and we basically just follow two teachers um, named Amanda and John Layden. And so we're seeing how um, we're basically talking to them and following their experiences and working at this one school and they're contemplating retirement. So we're kind of experiencing, we're experiencing what they go through teaching at a boarding school. And what do they go through? What are some challenges they face? Um, so the children are younger, so they're like seven to 12, 
So basically, you start off with kids who just do not want to be at the school. They just want to go home. And so we basically are seeing them first hating the school and just wanting to go back to their house. But eventually, they start um, adapting more of a character to themselves. And they start talking more. And they want to get involved in the school. And you're seeing how these teachers are just like, wow, this is just an amazing experience for us to see these children going through this. Interesting. You know, in this boarding school, do they stay there like the whole time, like all year? Or how does it work? Um, yes, it's a full year and then they get summer off. I see. Now, this sounds very interesting. What was one of the most interesting things you learned about boarding schools from this? I didn't really understand like how they work, basically. You really get like a zoomed in view of like how it is and you get to see like the morning and then you get to see like the different activities. For example, um, at one point that they had a play and everybody got involved in it. And then they also have a band, which I thought was super cool. And um, they have like band practice all the time and they all wake up in the mornings together and they go for like walks and it's just really nice. Well, it does sound nice, but does the documentary keep you entertained? Because some problems with a few documentaries is they can get boring. So how does this one do at keeping the viewer entertained while still teaching them something? Um, yes, I definitely agree that some documentaries can get boring at times. But this one was really interesting. I really, um, well, some things that they did to keep the audience interested is that uh, they just kept on switching up different things that they were doing throughout the year so it wasn't just just following them in like English class throughout like the entire documentary we got to like see how they teach the children differently we got to see um what they do in outside activities for example like sports and we got to see like the band practice and then at one point they were painting and so I think that that was a great thing that they added that they didn't just um, keep it at um, just like education, education. It was more like fun stuff were happening too. Well, that does sound like a unique idea to keep the viewer a little more entertained. You're listening to Kids First Contractions on the Voice America Kids Network. And today we're speaking about the documentary School Life, which is about boarding schools. And we are currently talking about how in the documentary, they also show some more kind of fun activities that kids do like painting, plays, things like that. So did you have a favorite activity or scene or even character from the documentary? Um, well, I really liked the two teachers. I feel like they had unique teaching styles. Um, so, for example, they would like use art and music to teach different lessons to the children. And also they um, kind of, in a way, went back in time and like taught like very basic things. So they just started with like the classic book. And then they just tried to find ways to keep the children interested and wanting to learn. Well, that does sound very interesting. Now, from this documentary, do you have a more positive view of boarding schools? Do you find them more interesting now? Um, yes, I do. I feel like, in a way, this was the, the real-life Hogwarts. It was just so interesting. And I didn't. I always thought that boarding schools were like a boring place where children just did not want to be there. But after watching this film, I kind of wanted to go to a boarding school right now. 
Yeah, that is a very bad stereotype, and I'm glad this film does attempt to break that because there are some boarding schools which are bad, but a lot of them are fun. They're just like normal public schools, and some of them are even better because they are a little more expensive, more funded. So if you could change anything with this documentary, would you change anything? Um, yes. The one thing that I didn't really enjoy too much was that I didn't feel too much of, of a connection to the children and I feel like that's a very important aspect of documentaries because you really want to grow attached to like specific people. But I mean, they would sometimes have just like one kid and they would follow it, like follow the kid. And then they would just go to straight to like a different child. And I feel like just as I was slowly getting connected to that one kid, they would just like break it off. Well, I do feel like that. I agree with you on that. That probably could have been done differently. So you really do connect to the children. But what, how many stars would you give this film? I would give this film a four out of five stars because of the lack of connection. And what age range? I believe that it could be ages 8 to 18, and also adults will really like this film. Well, that is good to, to hear. And something I feel like is very important for documentaries is cinematography. So what did you think about the cinematography? I thought it was beautiful. I thought they... Um, First of all, they always, like, captured the location. And since it was throughout a year, um, we, like, noticed all the the different seasons. And they really captured that beautifully. It started snowing at one point. And the camera angles, it was amazing um, how they captured it. And it was definitely beautifully made. Well, that sounds fantastic. Now, do they treat the story as it is a documentary? Or do they treat it more like a more narrative story? Like, do they break the fourth wall a lot? Or is it more of just narrative? Um, they're basically just like living in the boarding school. They're not really talking to the people. They're kind of um, more of filming like the conversations that they're having. So you're not really, they're not really asking questions to anybody. So, yeah. Well, I like that. I like that they kind of let it more to be a story that you're experiencing alongside with the children. Now, something I have to ask you is, did the boarding school seem better than public schools that we have here? <laughs> um, at some points, it definitely did. You can. I feel that the children at the boarding school have a different connection to the teachers just because they're always together. They're always bonding. And I think that's really special and it's really beautiful for that to happen. So sometimes I think I kind of want to go to a boarding school now to experience that. But I have to say that public school is also pretty nice because you know, you get some alone time. And a lot of times, like, the children are just, like, always together. Yeah, it is a very – it's a much more social experience for sure, which for some people could be good. Some people can be bad. It really depends on the person. But if if you – so my next question is, would you say that uh, the boring school in the movie, would you say that it seems a little too good? Would you say that just based off what we have in the United States, it seems like an exception to boring schools? Um, I think that I feel like they, they did definitely try to shine a light on how boarding schools are very amazing and like what a great experience, but they also had some like downsides to it. They would like show about like how the children not really liking the boarding school. So it was kind of like a balance. I see. Well, that's good to hear. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me about school life. Thank you so much for having me.
Of course. For our viewers, it is out now, so definitely check it out. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases. And if you want to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Don't forget to check out our blog and the teen section of, a Huff, of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on the Voice America Kids Network. This week's show is sponsored by Molong Season 1. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. <laughs>